Hey, this is actress Carissa Lee Staples, and you're listening to the O Brother Podcast. Here's Johnny. Welcome to the Old Brother Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Smith. Alongside me, as always, my brother from the same mother, Mike Smith. How are you doing today, Danny? Red rum. 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 <laughs> when he goes, when he goes berserk. It's so funny. You know, I have to say, all right, so... Uh, real, let's just say, let's get all the uh, the housekeeping out of the way first. So it's a ten ten twenty today, and if you have not yet gone to our new official website, we want to direct you to ohb as in brother podcast dot com ohbpodcast.com. You can get all of our episodes, both audio, our YouTube videos as well because we put our shows up on YouTube. And guys, help us out. We really need to up our YouTube following. We have like, I'm just going to say it, we have eight people following us. And I think two of them are you and mom. (laughs) (laughs) So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified when we post new videos. And like Mike would say in in the the new blog, we just... (laughs) We just released. Let's keep smashing that thumbs up, Mike. Mike connecting with Gen Z. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. That was probably the funniest line. Was the end of that blog. You can also on the website read our blogs, which Mike puts out almost on a weekly clip now. And you got a new one. It's it's funny because it seems like there's a, a theme in like four of them. It's like the current state of the movies, part three. The current did you state get, of the movies, part four. Did you get the article? I, I haven't sent read you. It. I haven't read it yet, but so because the movies are shut down. Well, two, Regal closed. Yeah, they're like, two, well, you know, I'll be back sometime, maybe never. Right, and it's not because of the virus. Mm-hmm. It's because nobody's going. People right. are afraid to go. I won't go. You won't go. Well, because of the virus, right? You know. So even though they say, but for them, it was a business decision. Yeah. If, if I would go, and you know this, I would go, I would try to go when it was, it was empty anyways, but I do still miss the movie theater experience. I do too. I'm sure everybody who goes, you know, I mean, all, the only thing I remember when I was in law school and then in my PhD program, I was so busy, you know, reading and doing schoolwork that the one thing I made sure I did was go to the movies once a week. It was my one getaway. And, you know, to not have that. Yeah. And and even if you do go to the movies right now, it's slim, you know, Dr. Doolittle again. Well, what was it? Uh, what's the grandpa one with De Niro that you mentioned in the yeah. blog? I mean, yeah. I happened to be typing the blog and a commercial came on for grandpa with Robert De Niro, it's like, is, wasn't that Meet the Fockers? Oh, I, yeah, different cast. And and that's uh, that's just sad. And and how long has that been on the shelf? And then you said, yeah, just put that piece of shit out <laughs> with <laughs> him and Christopher Walken. There's a good right. cast. If in we're it. gonna take a loss, just put that piece. Yeah, of crap out. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much De Niro got. He, he probably got a lot of De Niro. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, what a we piece did. Of crap that you know, was. we did. That's awful. And isn't that like the third in the series or something? Dirty grandpa, the dirtier yeah. grandpa, the raunchy grandpa. Like I said, you know, meet the parents. Meet the grandpa. It's the same character. It's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, so this Lord. is, uh, this is the second episode of Halloween Fest. Can you say that, you know, our last episode with the invisible man, the more I thought about it, I thought, are we going to get ragged on? Like, I mean, it's it's horror thriller. I, probably more on the thriller side than horror, certainly. What, this I, one? No, The Invisible Man. Oh. You know, I was no, wondering. I think it was yeah. Fl- yeah, that would yeah, go on. It's a good horror. way to ease into it. But yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore horror fans. Yeah, blood. And blood. If, any, if any of them are listening to the episodes, like, what are you guys watching? Uh, hello, I have a whole scroll of things you should be watching, you know. Yeah. And Grandpa. I would like to actually, I would like to hear that from listeners like i'd like to get some recommendations on you know some horror films that yeah grandpa grandpa yeah this is not a horror film but today i mean it absolutely fits that genre because it's the shining and this was a bit of a selfish selection i'll say that up front you know this is really not by me no this is really for me but it's the interesting thing that a couple of things here one is I've said on the on the show more than once what a big Kubrick fan I am, and yet I've seen like three of his films. You yeah, know? but and each time you're like, "Wow, yeah!" And I really like movies. I really like movies, but I love filmmaking. Again, believe it or not, I'd never seen The Shining from beginning to end. I saw all the famous bits that anybody who's seen it has seen, you know, right. the red rum, the here's Johnny yeah. and all those sort of things. But so it was exciting just to be able to watch it from scratch. Yeah. I, I wish I could go back and, and do it from scratch, you know, cause I, I know everything that's coming, but even still watching the beauty unfold, it's, it's such a, he's so prolific with what he does with camera lenses. And, you know, you have to get the documentary there, uh, a film in pictures, a life in pictures, I think it's called. It's a DVD, go on eBay, six bucks. Now, who did it? I know his wife did one make it, but that I think was on the DVD. He was involved. It might have been his wife. She's involved in it, but you see him on these sets. Yeah. You see footage of him berating Shelley Duvall, well, treating her like It's interesting. Crap. I just watched that. It was directed and done by his daughter, Vivian, who we've talked about yeah. before. Because mm-hmm. she did the music for Full Metal Jacket. Correct. But the, what I saw was only like 18 minutes. I yeah, that was the one I was talking about. Vivian, I was, I was thinking okay. that was his wife, but it was his daughter. His daughter, yeah. And I saw exactly what you're talking about, which is... Uh, he's just really laying into Shelly Duvall. Like, I felt really bad for her. And so did everybody. Did you hear him? On, see, now, I, I didn't watch any of the extras this time around because I was watching, I watched two movies. I watched the sequel. And Grandpa, yeah. Yeah, and I had to go see Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, he, he's berating her and people are, feeling bad for her on the set he's like no no don't do that 
don't feel bad for her. And he was doing it to get her into this mood. Yeah. And that it's like, I was sitting there watching him and Jack too, Jack Nicholson, who he's automatically great, but she really made the movie for me. Shelley Duvall is so phenomenal in this movie. She's hysterical. The reactions. Yeah, she's hysterical hysterical. 80% of the movie to the point where, you know, these are 12-hour days. And And there's Stanley saying, you know, I'm telling you, Shelley, you do it that way, it looks phony. Yeah. It it was constant throughout the shoot. And she was dehydrated from crying so much. There were no tears. She was losing chunks of her hair, too. Yeah, yeah, her hair was falling out. The stress. So uh, how do you want to jump into this? Yeah, why don't you start us out? I usually start out. So why don't you start us out? And then I'll talk about Dr. Sleep in a broad view. No spoilers for Dr. Sleep, but The Shining, it's 30 years old. So we're just going to say up front, there's probably spoilers. In probably this spoilers. Yeah. Now, have you, did you read the book, the Stephen King novel? Yes. You d- okay, because see, I can't speak to that. I wondered maybe you can interject some of that stuff. Yeah, I'll speak to it. You know, as far as some of the differences and things. So Jack Nicholson, I guess we'll just get into it. He is a, or was a school teacher up, mm-hmm. up in Vermont. And he's looking to get away, change of pace, whatever. And so he goes to apply an interview for this job as the caretaker at this huge inn in Colorado called the Overlook Hotel. So he gets the job and then Shelley Duvall, his wife and his kid, I got to say, hearing Jack Nicholson scream, Danny boy, creep me out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, you know, thinking of my own, my own name. And, you know, it's funny, I've said this to mom before and I'm sure I've said it to you, but there's a, there's a period in time where dad looks a lot like Jack Nicholson of that yes. era. I remember a magazine came out this was in the late 70s, early 80s, with Nicholson on the cover. And somebody brought it to the door and said, I thought you might want this. And I looked at it and I did a double take. Really? It, it was like looking at dad. Yeah. So I mean, I, it looked just like him. Yeah. So, so he gets the job. They move out there. When he's interviewing, the guy that I guess runs or owns the Overlook Hotel tells him a story. He says, hey... I need to tell you this up front. Did you know, have you heard about the incident that happened here back in like 1970? And he says, no. So he goes on to tell him about the previous caretaker who, because of, they assume, you know, the isolation out there, it's months and months you're out there when this place is closed and every, you know, they're shut down for the season. And he basically went out of his mind chopped up his wife and kids, his two daughters, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, stacked them up in one of the rooms in the hotel. How, how about Nicholson's response to that story? Which, by the way, the actor telling that story, did you recognize him? No, Mr. Ullman, I think, was the character's That's name. That's the character's name, but it's yeah. Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson, okay. And I've said that name before. Yeah. He was the original James Bond. He was in Casino Royale. I forgot that. When he came on, I'm like, oh, is he the guy that literally believed he was James Bond? No, no, no. Okay, that that's was, the other uh, guy. Okay. Yeah, that was after Sean Connery. But this this was the guy who did the black and white. It was a made-for-TV 
version of Casino Royale, which okay. I have on Blu-ray. And Barry Nelson, I recognized him from another movie. And then when I recognized him, I went right to, <laughs> it's a great trivia question. Right? I have two killer trivia questions. That's like, a good one. You know, to use. One is who's the first James Bond? Everybody right. will say Sean Connery. Sean Connery, yeah. And then the second one, totally unrelated, the skipper's name on Gilligan's Island. And everybody has seen an episode of Gilligan's Island, right? Not the actor, Alan Hale Jr., the skipper. What was the skipper's name on Gilligan's Island? That's good. Yeah, because you you dropped Alan Hale Jr. on an episode. Did I? Yeah, that somehow. Oh, it was in our senior. It was in our trivia. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it was Alan because I think I think the skipper was Alan Hale the third, so he just went by Alan Hale. But I don't know. Uh, but no, I don't. It's Skipper the skipper. Yeah, Jonas Grumby. Jonas Grumby. See, as soon as you say it, I'm like, yes. Did you know it really? No, because not until you said it. It was only on one episode. It was the pilot episode. It was said by the radio. You know, they had a radio, remember? Yeah. I don't know how that kept going. The coconuts and whatever. Yeah, exactly. But that radio, that white radio, that's a voice came over and said there was a shipwreck. And Captain Jonas Grumby, that's where I heard it. And it always stuck. And I said, oh, that's a good that is trivia question. And and people will say, oh, I got it. I got it. I'll put their money down. and. They'll say, Alan Hale. I'll say, no, 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 that's the that's, actor. That's a good one, yeah. Well, oh. if we wait long enough for our next trivia episode, you can pull it out on me again. I might not yeah. remember that. Oh, I bet you won't. So, well, speaking of like deserted, so... So anyway, oh, you, you, were talking about the re- you were talking about the reaction, though, of Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson's reaction to that, right? Wouldn't you be kind of horrified? Really? Oh, my God. He's, but he's just like, well, yeah, he's quite a story. Exactly. I can see why the boys in Denver didn't tell me before I came out here. Yeah. And know. the wife's going to love that one mm-hmm. when I tell her, because she loves ghost stories. That is not a normal reaction. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. To hearing a guy chop up his family and stack them in, in, in a pile. Now, there's, there's kind of a parallel, uh, not story, but beat going on. And while he's at this interview they cut back to Shelley Duvall and Danny, the son at their apartment, wherever they live. Mm-hmm. And immediately you see, uh, you did it at the top of the episode, but he's doing Talking this thing to where his imaginary friend is Shelley refers to it. But then we, you know, it doesn't take long that it's revealed. This kid has some sort of, it's like clairvoyance or I don't know what you would call it. Some sort of shining. Well, it's the sh- the shinning. Do you yeah. want to get sued, boy? Did you see that? I did see that. This Great episode. Yeah, it was really, really good. Hey, Mom, is Dad going to kill us? I don't know. Some will just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Give no, there me the was bat, so bat, many. Bat, bat, bat. It's, it's, uh, we're talking about The Simpsons for, for people who haven't caught on yet. Season six, episode six. Yeah, Treehouse of Horrors. Yeah, that was really great. Great episode. But you realize that, so he's he can see things that haven't yet happened. So the kid is foreshadowing some weird well, things going on, right? I get way deeper into that as we go on the finger, because I, I did a lot of research on this and specifically, you know, Danny, because 
you know, he comes up in Dr. Sleep and I was looking at the character and a guy wrote, it's like a 300 page analysis of what's going on, what it's all about. And it's probably not, I shouldn't go into it yet. Let's unfold the story more because it's a really bigger piece of the, the puzzle. Jack, whose character is Jack, and so wasn't the kid, Danny Lloyd plays Danny. So he takes this job and he's a writer. So he's looking forward to it. He says in the interview, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, five months of getting away and right. quiet kind of thing, you know, so he can write. So they move there. And then soon after, he's getting a tour of, of the hotel and uh, uh, James Bond <laughs> tells right. him. Right. You know, tells him more about, oh, it was, the hotel was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. And, you know, they even had to repel some of the Indians, I'm told, back when they were building it in, in the 70s. Also, his job, and, and this is more the book, because yeah. this is a big slice of the book, is his job is to not only be the caretaker, but to watch the boiler specifically. I don't know if you even caught that. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's the major reason somebody has to be in the hotel. And that's a big element in the book. Mm. In the book, he's not named Jack. He's named John. It seems like, I could say it up front, Stephen King hated the movie. For years, dogged it. Probably cost it millions. Because, you know, it got nominated for two Razzie Awards. One, Shelley Duvall. You just talked about her performance. She was nominated for a Razzie. That's amazing. And Jack Nicholson calls it the best performance of a female actor he's ever seen. And Stanley Kubrick nominated for a Razzie for The Shining. Shows you the people that run that. Yeah, a bunch of Stephen King lovers, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. He did them no favors because he dogged it every chance he got. Because, and, it, and there's a, believe me, when you read the book... You're going to see why. It's, this isn't the shining from the book. It's, it's really different. And Kubrick's is much scarier, much... Stephen King's is more of a ghost story. You know, the hedge maze, the famous hedge maze. Mm -hmm. That's not in the book. In the book, there are topiaries around the hotel. And these topiaries are ghosts. And as he, get, he declines into kind of going crazy the topiaries kind of feed on it and come to life like if they turn their back it's really kind of stupid i didn't like the book but maybe it's because i saw the movie first you know a lot of times when you read the book first although i read the firm and i liked the movie better stephen king and it got to the point their relationship was so bad that i think kubrick poked fun at him in the book the bear cat which is this big oh the um bulldozer kind of thing snow cat or whatever the, yeah. the snow cat or whatever yeah. it's called right right in the book it's yellow bright yellow in the movie it's red right mm -hmm. <laughs> so so he flipped the colors and the color of nicholson's car he flipped Yellow. those two colors, like a, right. a, a stupid little detail like that. But I swear Kubrick did that to needle him because he was talking bad about it. 
And it's it was an odd choice. If you read the book, and I bet if you picked up the book, you wouldn't get through two chapters because it's kind of boring, especially in the beginning. It's so much about the alcohol. And at the time, Stephen King was an alcoholic. He's yeah. a recovering alcoholic. So at the time, he, he was in the, the height of his alcoholism. And that was the character. And he yeah. didn't feel Nicholson or Kubrick paid that much attention. I thought they did. That early scene when he's interviewing and Shelley Duvall's at the apartment with the kid, and uh, he has an incident in the bathroom. He must have passed out, right, when he's talking to his... Danny. Yeah. Yeah. He must have passed out yes, or something. Yes, So there's the a doctor. There's a, there's a doctor that comes, this woman that checks on him and all of this, and she's in the living room talking to Shelley Duvall. She's asking Shelley Duvall these questions about the kid's history or something. And because she's aware that he talks to this imaginary friend. And so she's like, when did that start? And Shelley Duvall starts kind of giving her the history. And then she starts asking Danny. And what does Danny say? He said, it's a, it's a, uh, what is he? Something that's in my mouth. Bingo. It's a, it's a it's, it's, voice or he's my, my, he's my friend. He's my friend. my mouth or something. Right. And then... Did you notice Danny's posture at the time? Well, that scene, he's laying in bed. Correct. Yeah, with his, I think his legs were up. His hands are covering his genitals, which I'll get into. Oh, I didn't why really that's significant. That. Well, I'm glad. And he's that. laying down on a bear. On the bed, right? yeah. It's, it's a pillow. Yeah. But it's, it's a bear. This uh -huh. is really deep stuff. The bear's eyes aren't round. And sure enough, if you go online and find this, this guy who wrote this big thesis on it, you'll see that exact bear from the catalog. So you know Kubrick purposely changed the eyes from being round to being like an orange peel shape, you know? And why? Well, What's think of the, the blood coming out of the hotel, you know, the doors. Right. And think about what you see when the blood's rushing out of the, the elevator doors, you see above the elevator. Ah. They're shaped like the eyes. So another foreshadowing. Is that Correct. Why? Is that why? Correct. Okay. Well, there's more to it. For people who are big shining people are probably like, what is the deal with the bear on his knees? Yeah, that I want You've got to be like, what is that? Is that the bear that he's laying on? Does it look like that? Well, it's like a pig bear. It's more like a pig or something. It looks like a pig. I always thought it was a pig. There's a, a we're boar. talking we're talking about a scene much later in the film where there's yeah. a, a pig bear or something uh, apparently giving oral to a guy in a room that with, with his with his with his ass sticking out. That's right. So bizarre. It's the most bizarre scene. So and bizarre. <laughs> If you go online and just write, what's with the bear in The Shining, you get like a hundred things come up. But we'll get to that because it's later on. But just, I want you to realize that there's all these bears throughout the movie. There's pictures when they first go, they're on the tour. What's so with the bears? <laughs> Stop dicking around. Tell me no, what the bears I, I, are. We'll get to it. Be, okay. be, but when we're on the tour, right? Yeah, but you took me away from the point of that bit I was talking about, which was to set up the fact that there was this incident between Jack and Danny 
when he grabs him and then dislocates his shoulder or whatever. Yes. But that also reveals that he has a little, a little uh, problem with the bottle. and Right. James Bond says to him, Barry Nelson says, you know, we lock up the liquor and he says, well, I don't, t- you know, I don't touch the stuff my, yeah. myself, you know. Right. You know, and he almost, I think he almost gives it away, doesn't he? Doesn't he say, well, you know, uh, the, the wife and, you know, so I don't touch this uh, stuff. But it, it was an issue. It came up in that interview. And of course, he has these visions of Lloyd, the, the bartender, where he sees a bartender and he's telling him to drink and he's constantly playing with the drink. White man's burden, Lloyd. Yeah, white, white man's, man's burden. burden. But, you know, this will all make sense. You know, Basically, it, it, he's it, there. I mean, you know, a couple of things directorially we talk about, too, is the, the way he used those chapter separations. Yeah, the, the day, Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. Exactly. And it was also the time, and then it was the interview, closing day. You know, there's a lot. Correct. That was, that was kind of new. Uh, well, well, if you think back to the first Kubrick film we did, The Killing. The Killing, right. Remember, that was very much time-sequenced. So I saw this as kind of a bookend to The Killing a little bit. Yeah. and In the way it was shot. And, and it's another thing, which this isn't new for him either, but, you know, the music was as much a character in this film as anything else. That music kept Right from the get-go. I think my heart rate was elevated slightly the whole time. Right. The whole time. Just right. kept building and building and building. And the music had a lot to do with it. The music was really creepy. Like you said, very sudden. I thought the breaks from day to day were almost alarming. But you were talking about the music. Yeah. And right off the bat, that I mean, the beautiful shots from the helicopter That's that follow the car. You know, and for some reason, I had, when I watched this time, I was thinking they were going to Maine. I don't know why in my brain, mm. unless that's from the book. I thought they were, and I'm saying, why don't I know this road? That could be, because King had a... He may even still have a place in Maine. I think he does. Yeah, okay. I mean, right. I saw him at the Red Sox game. I was just going to say, times. if you go to the Red Sox, he was always see. in those lower box seats. Nobody really talks to him. He's usually reading a book. Our older brother tried to uh, get his autograph. King just blew him off. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that we scene. were. We went. We we because you know they used to have those seats down down in like the first base box, and went for a bathroom break, and Stephen King was. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there and uh he approached him not i don't think in there i just think oh. like like outside of the restroom or something and yeah tried to score an that would have been creepy in the yeah, oh yeah for sure i would have just kind of walked away too he never did get it most people knew not to 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 go to him yeah he just you know, like i never I, I saw him more than once and yeah I wouldn't but, go into them. But those are some of the things you're talking about that, you know, I mentioned, well, this seems a little different than what I'm used to with Kubrick. But then there was all these, the tracking shots and just, again, the symmetry. And also just watching Kubrick in the documentary we were talking about earlier, just his obsession over the shots and everything, really. He, you see, like you said, you see him on the set and everything he's got his finger on. Yeah. 
the rest the, the sound of the record player that's in the ballroom playing the music yeah. or whatever. I mean, yeah. all over it. But Every, that's why his films are so masterful. He was a perfectionist, clearly. He was. You got to know that. Like Slim, Slim Pickens. Whit- Whitman. <laughs> the pan flute. You know, no, that's, from that's Dr. Strangelove. He, he wanted him to play Halloran. Played by? Played by Scatman Crothers. That we talked about with... Uh, he he brought Nest. Scatman to tears. And Scatman was great. He was great. And it was, again, a big diversion from the book here. But Scatman worked with Clint Eastwood on the next movie. I'm trying to think maybe that, ta- that time, maybe Bronco Billy or something like that. You know, Clint Eastwood's the opposite of Kubrick, where it's like one shot. We got it. Okay, wrap it up. You know, <laughs> right. Let's go. Yeah, loose. You know, he, yeah. He's, he'll do a film in a week, and they're both brilliant. So speaking of, of Scatman, so as, as you know, we, we've said, okay, they're, they're at the hotel now. He's got this gig. They're there. They're getting shown around. They're getting the tour of the place. And one of the people they meet is Scatman Crothers' character, Holloman. I can't think of I can't remember. Halloran. Halloran, sorry. And he's the head chef at the hotel. And yeah. so he's showing Shelly Duvall where everything's at. And he's interacting with Danny. And we, On a mental we, level. we discover that. And that's really where it's first mentioned, right? Is that scene between Scatman. Yeah, he says, and, you want some... He, first of all, he starts calling him Doc. That's right. But Shelly Duvall picks up on it and says, How did you know that we call yeah, him Doc? How did Doc? you know we call him Doc? Well, I don't know. I guess I heard you say it earlier. She goes, Well, I don't remember that, but okay. And she just yeah. kind of lets it go. And his grandmother apparently had it, right? Because Scatman talks about how he and his grandmother could have these conversations with not, never even opening their mouths. Correct. So, you know, he, you know, it's in. That character comes back in Dr. Sleep. Uh, which, Halloran. Oh, Halloran. Okay. Yeah. Which is a Ewan it, McGregor, right? Is it Ewan no, no, McGregor? No. Uh, Scatman. No, no, no. I'm saying, and and I'm saying the star of that, Doctor Sleep, is Ewan McGregor, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, he plays Danny Torrance, and he's literally two a two years difference than Danny Lloyd. And so that's set. What's the like more present day? More, yeah. Okay, it's like today, and also Danny Torrance makes a cameo and. Doctor Sleep. Oh, the oh, really? Uh, so he's about my age. He's got six kids, and he's a biology teacher, is what I saw at the end of Vivian's documentary. Oh, who Danny Lloyd? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. The guy who did Doctor Sleep did a really nice job because he, what he, you know, and and Stephen King is on the extras for Doctor Sleep. You know, saying what a good job it was and how good he was. The complete opposite. And again, maybe that's a dig at at the late, (laughs) you know, Kubrick. But what Dr. Sleep does is uses the book and the movie. So it's really a sequel to The Shining, but it's also a sequel to the book The Shining. Another about Jack Nicholson. He was dead set against, and I'm talking about Stephen King, was dead set against him playing Why? the part because he felt like he was, he, he, you know, he had already done 
one flew over the it's cuckoo's nest. nest. He looks a little crazy to begin with. And this is supposed to be a very slow descent into madness. The, the music you had mentioned already throughout is haunting. Maybe more than any other movie. I, and I don't, you know, for the big blood and guts horror fans, this is on that level as far as, you know, the music. You know, with that, the music and some of the, the nudity, some of like the weird sort of graphic scenes in it were, having now seen A Clockwork Orange, it made me think of A Clockwork Orange, the music in particular, I thought. Do yeah. you, didn't that seem a little similar to you? If you put those two movies side by side, you can probably tell yeah. the same person made those movies. And I and I felt that way about Jack. I thought, mm, you know, Cuckoo's Nest, am I going to feel like it's just him kind of doing a lot of that character? And Right. And, uh, and I didn't. I mean, as I got into it, but I will say, as I did before, I was riveted by Shelley Duvall from start to finish. She captivated me in this film. I just thought she was on. I liked, honestly, every performance in it to me. The, the was, little, I mean, Daniel Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, how do you, I can't, what was he, seven maybe? Yeah, and can you imagine, you know, having Stanley Kubrick cast? And he's well, even busting the kids' balls. Yeah. In the, yeah, in, although, the, in the snow scene. Yeah, he was very protective of the of the kid, though. He's like, oh, don't look at your hand. No, turn around. Uh, look. Uh, right. Uh, like, Jesus, he's seven. But at the end of the day, he would always, you know, put his arm around. And yeah. they, they had a relationship for years. No. After the film, he would send the family a, a Christmas card every year. He kept in touch with Danny Lloyd till he graduated college. But yeah, you know, Nicholson does the crazy. Of course, we know that's going to be good. There's a scene where he has this nightmare. It's after this really, um, again, Kubrick, the master, the bathroom scene, right? He bumps into um, Gerby. Is it Gerby, the the kind of uh, server, butler-looking guy that he bumps into in the ballroom in that scene? He's like in the. It's like almost he's back in the nineteen. That he spills the spills the stuff yeah. on his coat. Yeah, they go yeah. into the bathroom. It's an unbelievable scene in the bathroom. Correct. And so they have this awesome dialogue back and forth, and. He's saying, he's like, you used to be the caretaker here. Yeah. You know, and the no, guy's sir. like, no, sir, you're I the caretaker. You're incorrect. Yeah, you're the caretaker. And I know yeah. because I've always been here. You, you and it's, it's, cut up your daughters and your wife. Right. And it's right, after, it's right after that scene that Jack has this nightmare He's in this huge, uh, I guess it's, it's like the lobby of the hotel. It's enormous. Yeah. And he's at the big table where he's been doing his, or trying to do his writing on this old typewriter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, I did, it was just one of those riveting scenes, him having that nightmare. Because you hear him from a distance. Shelley Duvall is hearing like moaning or something. And it's him way off in the lobby yes. having this nightmare. That was that was a really intense scene, I thought. That but again, was. so much of it was not, not just his brilliance, but her reactions to what Correct. is going on. It's unreal. At the time, Nicholson was with Angelica Houston, 
who we brought up in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. At the end of the day, I guess he would get home and bang, just hit the bed exhausted. And Kubrick's demanding as far as like when you're an actor and you're on and they're doing like lighting and stuff, they always have stand-ins. Like principal yeah. actors are usually off. Not with, not with Stanley. And not with Stanley. It's got to be Jack. So yet, you know, people, you know, Slim, Slim Pickens said, no way, I'm not working with him again. George C. Scott, same thing. Yeah, he has a lot of those one-time relationships we he does. talked about. And <laughs> the guy that's the, the writer. best out of them. Yeah, he does. Their, their careers. Like Slim Pickens is remembered for that, you what? know, scene. On the bomb. And George C. Scott, the heck uh, with Patton. I talked me, about how much I love that yeah, performance. Yeah, give me, give me Dr. Strangelove any day of the week. He's really great, yeah. You know, and he's a guy, he won the Academy Award for Patton. And didn't go. He was the first one to not go get. He boycotted. And he was it. like, he was like home in bed. Oh, he just didn't care. You know, he just didn't give a he shit. He just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I could see that. And then Brando, famously, famously, did the same yeah, with thing. Sally Longfeathers or whatever. Yeah, actually, like, isn't that the character? That's Morgan Freeman's girlfriend in Unforgiven. <laughs> Sally Longfeathers. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. That's funny. But um. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a scene on the documentary too, and I would encourage everybody to check that out because it really is fascinating to watch Kubrick on set. There's a scene where uh, Shelley Duvall, uh, you mentioned it with Homer with the bat, where he's yeah trying to you know she discovers she discovers after what a few months they've been there at least he hasn't written anything, and what he's written. And I see, I didn't know this. I knew about this, but I didn't know the reveal, which is she sees his typewriter and it says, all work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Just thousands upon thousands thousands of pages. pages, Which was was actually typed with that typewriter by his secretary for three months it took her. That's insane. But when they would have a break, she'd be typing away. That doesn't surprise me. But it's, uh, and he catches her, you know, seeing this. He comes up from behind her. So he's like, and she's been been walking around with a bat because of some other things that have happened. Yeah. And then, so then he's like, what do you, yeah, what do you think? So there's the staircase scene and, and, you know, with him trying to get the bat from her and then she whacks him and he, it's a really good stunt there. Yeah, Look, you went away. I thought it was Nicholson. What was yeah, I you, talking about? You went away from. I trailed off. Yeah, no, you went away from. You were talking about the scene where. Oh, you right, had right. The dream. Well, we I was trying finish to finish that. Oh, with the nightmare. Yeah. 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 Did you want to comment well, on that? Well, you should finish that point. I mean, you were making a point about that scene. Was it just the fact that it was so. It was eerie or. Yeah, it was, it was just, just really. feels in that. Um, I mean, he literally tells Shelley. Yes, Duvall, he says, "I, I had a, a, the worst night, and, the worst nightmare of my life." Yeah, I, I killed you and Danny, and I chopped you into little pieces, and and she's like, "Oh, it's gonna be okay," and she's trying to comfort him, and yeah, and here he is being cruel. I know, and and again, Kubrick hated Shelley Long. 
I mean, uh, Shelly Duvall. Duvall. He didn't like Cheers. He wasn't a big fan. Of yeah, I wasn't a big Cheers fan. Yeah. He did like Ted Danson, though. Who was up for the role of Jack Torrance? Says <laughs> <laughs> <As> Sam Malone. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, so he hated that casting. He wa- he saw like Jessica Lange. And, and, and this is when Jessica Lange was, you know, young blonde gorgeous yeah. no you know? that wouldn't have worked you kidding me no. see shelly duvall and this is one of the things about and you know i've said this before on the show i'm a huge popeye fan with rob williams and of course she's olive oil so it's hard for me not to see her as yeah. olive oil but she's so wonderfully odd yes and dr sleep she comes back dr sleep starts in the shining so she's in it it's like a lookalike that that ha- sounds exactly like her. So it could, but it could have been her, right? I mean, it wasn't. She's, she's like seven. No, I'm just saying, like, I mean, it could have in terms of the timing. Well, no, present no I'm, I'm saying Dr. Sleep opens. Oh, okay. Danny on the big wheel. We left that out, which is such a, a the great sequence. I know. I He's on the big wheel. wheel. And what it took, they they had to cut down walls because oh my he's a, it's a one constant motion. And the hotel was not set up that way. That's really, I was thinking of that while I'm watching going, how did they get this? And even more so, I think, is the maze when he's following him in, this, in the snow out in right. the maze. Well, how you, in the hell? You know, how did the kid know? Well, I guess... I guess now that I've seen the documentary, it, it must be turn left, Danny. Okay, now go right. Now turn Correct. around. Correct. And you know, you you saw the steady cam, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the first there were three movies that year using the steady cam for the first time. What were the other two? Uh Rocky. Oh yeah. Rocky two, I think. Yes. And I forget the other one, but the same guy who did Rocky. Did The Shining. If you remember Scatman, he's, you know, after he gives her the lay of the land when they are, they're on the tour, when they first go to the, move to the hotel, Scatman heads off to Miami to live the That's life where down he there. lives for the winter. In the winter, yeah. But, you know, he's sensing something's not right with, you know, back at the hotel. So anyways, he gets on the phone and talks to a buddy of his after flying to Denver, I think. And he's trying to make his way back to the hotel to check on things. Right, because he can't get him on the phone. So he calls this guy at like a gas station who owns one of these snow cats. Yeah. And says, hey, I'm going to need a snow cat to get up there. Can you help me out? Well, the guy that he's talking to in the gas station. Yes. Is one of Rock ends up being Rocky's coach when that's right. Remember? That's right. Yeah. I do remember that. Had yep. to thread that in there. You can see how these relationships somehow get, you know, somebody might have said, Hey, I'm looking for someone. Hey, I know this guy. You know, that's how it works. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but the big wheel shot was and and the sound. Yeah. Floor, rug, floor, rug. It just right. is awesome. It's so great. Dr. Sleep starts there to see that again. And I'm like, oh my God, they're, they're using the footage. But then all of a sudden they cut to Danny and it's a different kid. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. So I was trying to get to beyond that when he's, she clocks him with the bat and he falls back down the stairs. Really good yeah. stunt. Whoever that stunt man would look just like Nicholson. So then she drags him, Shelly Duvall 
drags him into the storage locker with well, with all the food and locks him in because she's trying to you right. know, get Danny and her the hell out of there. So, she's, so we think they're safe now. We think they're safe. But I, I only brought that up because in that documentary, there's an awesome sequence of Kubrick with Nicholson in the storage room, laying on the ground, looking up with his eyepiece, trying to get the shot that you then see in the film, which is looking up at Nicholson. Yeah. And at one point, Kubrick even says, can you can you do the scene like not actually looking at her, but kind of looking down? But And sure enough, when you see the scene, it's like just masterful. Yeah. And yeah. then the actual scene, you see all the guys underneath them. And it's, it's filmmaking. It's just unreal. It's fascinating. It, the lens. He, he's the lens, constantly yeah. with the lenses. And the documentary I'm talking about, it's narrated by uh, Tom Cruise, you know, and obviously he got to work. Well, there's shots of him talking about artificial intelligence. Kubrick. And yeah, he's like showing somebody his next, this is my next picture. And he made these special lenses for it. He did have a relationship with Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg used to fly over to London and meet with them. And he had asked Spielberg, I think, to do one of his movies before. So, yeah, to get to get some of these famous shots. Yeah. So, you know... It, How many doors did, did Jack Nicholson break? Well, the, 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 that, all, that final scene... That's funny, because now I'm thinking of Homer when he breaks through. Yeah, right. You know, you're going to have to... You're going to have to do that side by side. Yeah, there's nobody there. He's like, don't! Yeah, right. You know, and then it's... And David then, uh, Letterman. Right. And, uh, hey, it's Grandpa. Don't! Yeah. You know? yeah. And then the last one is, I'm Mike Wallace. It's like, yeah. Hi, David. Yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> so good. And that's only like a five-minute clip or something. It's great. So it continues, you know, he continues his descent and his stalking of her and the kid. And, you know, I don't really want to bring it to the conclusion because that's where you give away a lot of the stuff. And now I'll, I'll go into the deepest, the okay. deeper stuff and the, and the WTF stuff. <laughs> Mike you know, connecting with the Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> Smash I'll that st- like button. <laughs> 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 I'll start with the hey uh, guys and gals. It's yeah. your old pal Mike from hey, Oakland. Smash it, brothers! All right, the WTF. So let's go. Let's go back to the the tour. Remember, yeah. Wendy and Danny go off with Scatman, and yep. Jack sitting in a chair, kind of eating a sandwich or something. Remember? Yes, I do. And he has a magazine, and he's reading a magazine. Did you? Catch the magazine by any chance? I didn't. No. Playgirl. Interesting. What's the significance that I'm missing? Well, think about it. What's Playgirl? Like this is where the Gen Xers are probably like, "What's Playgirl?" Yeah, I get that. The you know, what's Playgirl? Playboy is women. Playgirl is guys. It's it's guys. Yeah, new guys. guys. Yeah, right. So it's a little odd, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you're reading a. Oh yeah! You're looking at naked guys, and they go, "Oh yeah!" And he just kind of casually talks. <laughs> I never even picked up on that. Yeah, so I, I don't know if even if you watch it slow motion, you might not see it because somebody had to zoom in for me to. <laughs> so the whole thing with Danny, 
Danny's a molested kid. Jack has been molesting him for years. Let's go back and think about it. Go back to... Obviously, he was a... Well, you know what? Now that you say that, not that this is unusual, but I look at the scene differently now. There's a scene where Danny wants to... He asks his mom, can I go up to my room and get my fire fire engine? And she says, no, your father's trying to sleep, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I'll tiptoe. So he goes up there, and then there's this encounter between he and his father... But then he ends up sitting on his lap and it just gets a little, it's a little creepy. It's a little, but you know, Jack's descending into this madness. So I think I got too focused on that. And what probably like a rubbing of the arm. It's a little, he's, I'd never do anything. I see. Right. Yes. Now, if you think about it, it goes from that scene to Danny with the scars on his neck, sucking his thumb. Okay. It was Nicholson that did the scars on the neck. Yeah. Remember, she calls him out on it and yes. says, you son of a bitch. Right. Well, it, yeah. Right, he's got this does. just. That's right. You know, this look on his face of like, what? In the... So, wow. so think wow. about this. And you go back and the, he's been molesting him he, when he's talking to the doctor. Where's Tony? Tony's in my mouth. Right. And then all of a sudden she starts to dig a little bit. I don't want to talk about Tony anymore. That's right. He says that. Because I'm sure he's been threatened. Right. You don't tell anybody about this kid. Wow. Right? And then there's all the bear image in the book. It's a a dog. We're calling it a bear? I think it's more of a pig. Well, it is a bear. It's it's like a boar in the book because that's in the book i i read that in the book and i was like oh that's what it is but then so something that should have been an innocent a source of maybe safety and comfort for him as a child this bear that he had in his room is suddenly now twisted into this sexual deviant kind of exactly remember who's seeing this image it's not dan shelly duvall shelly duvall so i think she's putting it together and if you notice, you know, that, that the woman in the shower, mm-hmm. Jack goes up. First of all, Shelly Duvall runs into the bar. He's talking to Lloyd. She interrupts right. and says, there's another person in the hotel. This is where she first, the accusation is that it's this crazy woman in this room. And Correct. she was in the bathroom. She tried to strangle him. Right. And think of how Nicholson reacts. What the hell are you talking about? Right. He doesn't say that, but he says something similar. Yes. And, and you know, because he knows it's not the crazy woman because it was him. Right. Of course. Who did it. Of course. But he says, I'll go check on it. And then he goes up. But that. And, that well, he image, says, well, he says he did it to himself. Right. He said, you know, if you take away his explanation, what right. else could it be? He did it to himself. So, of course, he's blaming it on the kid. Correct. Wow. Which that's a big wow. thing. With, you know, these kind of cases. Also, if you notice, the woman pulling back the curtain, you know, when the young woman becomes this old hideous woman, Jack Nicholson, there's there's a same sequence, him doing the exact same thing, where there's a shot where he's pulling a curtain back. It's the exact same shot. Oh, I think that's when, is it when they get in the tour of their quarters where they're going to live? Yeah, because some of it comes up there. There's a picture on the wall, right? Yeah. And it's two bears. And one bear is standing up, 
and the other bear is sitting down. I mean, this stuff I, gets really... I can't. It's so like, peripheral, yeah. Yes. But when you see it laid out by a guy who's probably did his you know, master's thesis or PhD thesis on this, and it was like 300 pages. Was this when Kubrick was still alive? Yeah. Um, or was it real recent? No, it's older. Okay. I wonder if he ever commented on it. I can't imagine yeah, he would probably have. not. But yeah, I can't when you see all these little details and you add it up. I, just in your descriptions, I'm now yeah. blown away by it. Yep. And, you know, fast forward to Dr. Sleep, Danny has become an alcoholic and he, he's been the victim of abuse. And there's there's hints of it in there. If you watch it again after you see this explanation. If you think about it too, Jack, it makes me now wonder, as is often the case, right? He was very likely abused because, you know, not only because he then inflicted it on someone else, which, like I said, is very common. Yeah, that's like a, that's like a common thing. Right. Abusers were abused. And I may, may be reaching, but, you know, you think about, uh, was it, were some of these things, this weird twisted attempt at uh, by him to reconnect with the childhood he never had? If you think about him tossing the ball, the rubber right. ball, and, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I don't know. There's like, yeah, it makes me think there's some other thread there, too. I, I would say think. no, only I would, I would like to know about his origin, you know, I guess. Right. But yeah, if you put that thread together, and there's another scene I'll tell you about when he when she accuses him, mm-hmm. and he's walking down the hall, and he, he's walking by mirrors. There's a there's a big long hallway on the way to the bar, and there's all these mirrors. And if you notice, every time he goes by a mirror, he's like, you know, he's oh, that was an I'm awesome doing this. scene. Right. Every time, because he doesn't want to see his reflect, he does not want to see himself in the mirror. You don't want to see yourself, you know, because of the things you've done or whatever. So it seems so obvious now. Yeah. But when you, you know, listening to this guy and and reading his stuff and then watch and knowing how Kubrick thinks about everything, there's no accidents in Kubrick and the way he shoots. Nicholson getting the tour of the bedroom and Nicholson. Yeah. That's, that's when he does the thing and he looks in, and he says, just right for a young very boy. homey. Yeah. Very. Yeah. He, oh, when right. he punches the bed boy. Yeah. That's when he's punching the bed. He goes, yeah, yeah very, very homey. Cozy. Yeah. Homey. And then there's a shot of him and Shelly Duvall in the bathroom. Right. That's where the bear picture is. Okay. When he looks into the boy's room and it's creepy the way he does it. He kind of like, turns his head to look into the to the boys room it's real creepy stuff it's amazing that's amazing yeah. it's like two movies in one now okay. the ending of the book is much different yeah than the ending of the movie well i was uh, i was not disappointed no surprise there i mean he just is a was a genius Anything else you want to uh, get in before we wrap Just up? Just that I would, I, for people who are fans that maybe have listened to this and you, they've left us by now. That's <laughs> but I would say that check out Dr. Sleep. It, it's a look back 
and I look forward. It's really, I, I thought the guy did a good job. It's too long. And there's a director's unrated cut, which I would say, and it's longer. It's like three hours. And, and some of it's torture. Of but Dr. Sleep you're talking about. Dr. Sleep, yeah. Some of it's torture, but a lot of it's really good. But yeah, if you're a fan of this movie, you should. Ewan McGregor does a great job, as he always does. Mm-hmm. And there's just flashbacks. I got to see it now. I have you got to gotta see it because it's, it, it's really a good sequel yeah. to, to this. But I was going to get more into that story, but I think we went overboard with, with The Shining, especially with some of my reveals. You've given me, uh, uh, yeah, a lot more to think yeah, about I didn't mean now. to explode your brain. Oh, that's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. And now I just want to see it again. I just want to watch yeah. it again. It's uh, one of those movies you can kind of watch back to back mm-hmm. and, and not be like bored because you'll pick up things. So. It's a good one for October. It's, it's fitting yeah. for our Halloween fest. And it is a creepy movie. It, it's actually in a lot of uh, lists, best horror films. Just two years ago, 2018, you know how the Library of Congress takes certain films and restores them and protects them right. literally in Washington. They have in this it. room. Only the best of the best. They, of course, The Shining is now in that in that company as it should be. Well, that's going to do it for another episode. We, uh, as we said at the top, make sure that you check out uh, all our episodes, our blogs, our YouTube channel. Smash that like button for Mike, and uh, that's O H B as in brother podcast.com ohbpodcast.com and um, we have a really exciting next episode coming up uh, where it's going to be O Brothers first interview episode. Yeah, special so, guest special guest yeah so we may tease that out as the week goes on but super excited about that and uh, and then following that episode is going to be the episode of all Halloween. episodes actually you know what though no We've got another one in there. Oh, do we? Yeah, we're going to, well, we haven't really nailed it down, but I think we wanted to, maybe either the classic monsters, something with those films. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or we were going to do like the originals, like Friday, you know, Freddy, Jason. Oh, Michael right. Myers. Chucky. Yeah, maybe somehow we mash those all up, you know, like yeah. a monster mash, as it were. Some for, for the real hardcore. I was working in the lab one night. God, I remember you had that 45. Yeah. Remember that orange 45 case you guys had? Yes, I do. You remember that? And you know, open the lid. And Monster Mash was one that I, it's like burning my brain was in that. Yeah. In that the Jackson game. 5 were in there. And this one, you remember, what's this one? That's American Pie. That was in there. Yeah. The guy's got a lot of good music out of that yep. box. Yep. That's uh, that's classic 70s for you right yep. there. <laughs> well, that'll do it for another episode. I've been your host, Dan Smith. Alongside me, as always, my brother from the same mother, Mike Smith. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst Tony ever. <laughs> that stayed that in the final cut. Terrible, man. That stayed that in the final terrible. cut. <laughs> uh, all right.
Plenty I can do to keep myself occupied. Maybe I'll check out that axe collection. See you later. Mom, is Dad going to kill us? We're just going to have to wait and see. Hi, everyone. This is Cindy Busby, and you're listening to the O Brother Podcast.